Okay, uh, I'm going to tell you the story about the great mom in the Bible before we get into the message, uh, since it is Mother's Day. So, Judges, you, um, this is not going to be up on the screen, uh, and you know the story, so I'm going to paraphrase most of the story, but just for reference, this is Judges 4 and Judges 5. Uh, there was, this was the time before kings, and there was no central ruler in Israel. And they go through this cyclical cycle of uh, being blessed by God, disobeying God, and falling back into slavery or sin or poverty or uh, being owned by a different country. And this is where Israel's at. And there was one woman that stood up. There's one woman that said, you know what? This is, this is not what God designed. This is, this is not God's will. We're not supposed to be at the bottom of this cycle. We're supposed to break out of this cycle, and God's got victory in mind for us. Her name was Deborah. Deborah is a very unique individual in the scriptures. Uh, chapter 4 says that Deborah, uh, let's read it real quick. Chapter 4, verse 4. Okay, ready for this? Deborah, a prophetess. The wife of Labadoth was leading Israel at the time, and she held court under the palm tree. So real quick, we have an individual, we have a gifted person that's taking on two roles. She's a prophet and she's a judge. Judge is not actually the right idea. It's not like our judge. Basically, she's, she is a prophetess, and she is the prime minister or the president of Israel. Is that a better way to understand it? And she had the ability to, to judge people's issues. She had the ability to solve problems. She had, you ready for this? She had the gift of discernment. She had this spiritual gift of able to discern between spirits of what was right and what was wrong. Uh, she had this, I don't want to necessarily call it the superior gift, but she had this, the, the unique gift of the office of prophet. I believe that everybody gets to function in, the, in this, the prophetic gifts, but she held the office of prophet, meaning that she was the one. She was the only one that was speaking to God's people, and it was coming directly through her. That's, that's just mind-boggling. And this is Old Testament, too. This is Old Testament where, I mean, you know, it's, Old Testament is pretty much a boy's game. So this is how cool your Bible is. This is how honest the scriptures is. Because if it was written by a bunch of guys, they wouldn't be writing about Deborah, the prophetess and the prime minister. And get this. She is so in tune to God, he's, God says, you need to fight the evil that's in your land. You need to rise up and you, you need to take up arms. You need to fight. So in addition for her being, you know, having the office of prophetess, prophet, having the office of king, she also had the office of warrior. Because she went to battle. She went to the front lines with her guy, Barak. This is how brave she was. And it also turns out that she was a great songwriter. So let me read a bit of, uh, okay, she wins, by the way. So <laughs> that's the good news. That's, read the story. It's great. But she wins. And it is a, it's a powerful testimony of being faithful and fighting for your family and fighting for your community. 
and doing so from a place of wisdom. And wisdom is, is what we're going to be talking about knowledge and wisdom today. Wisdom is the, it's the unique gift that I think women have probably more than men. Don't tell my wife I said that. All right. Uh, Judges chapter 5, verse 1. On that day, Deborah and Barak, son of Abinoam, sang this song. When the princes in Israel take the lead, when the people, listen, when the people willingly offer themselves, praise the Lord. Hear this, you kings. Listen, you rulers. I will sing to the Lord, and I will sing. I will make music to the Lord, the Lord God of Israel. O oh God, when you went to the seer, uh, when you marched from the lands of Edom, the earth shook and the heavens poured, and the clouds poured down their water, and the mountains quaked before the Lord, the one of Sinai, before the Lord, the God of Israel. In the days of Shagmar, son of Anath, in the days of Jael, the roads were abandoned. Life was bad. Travelers took to winding paths. Village life in Israel ceased. See how bad things are? They can't, even, they can't even do community well. They can't even buy stuff. Village life has ceased. Until I, Deborah, arose. And here's the great part. A mother in Israel. She is the mother of Israel. Isn't that cool? Incidentally, there is no father of Israel. This is the place of honor that she has been raised up in. A mother of Israel. In Israel, when they chose new gods, war came to their city gates, and not a shield or spear was seen among 40,000 in Israel. My heart is with Israel. My heart is with Israel's princesses, with the willing volunteers among the people. Praise the Lord. And part of the story is that people, they volunteered. She put out the call. Some of them showed up. Some of them didn't. The ones that didn't show up, she sings about them. <laughs> so... Yeah, you guys didn't show up. And the point is, women, moms, guys too, of course, the point is, there are gifts that we can go after. Who would have thought in the Old Testament that a woman could be a prophet, a king, a warrior, a songwriter, a discerner, who would have thought that that could have happened? And we get, to, we get, we get the, the opportunity in the Christian life, in the New Testament expression, to eagerly desire all of these gifts. And, and when we do, when we go into alignment with, with the gifts that God has given us, maybe even the gifts that we don't necessarily get, but we want them anyway because we eagerly desire these gifts, even when we go after these things, miraculous things take place. Major shifts will happen. Major shifts will even happen within culture because what, what was the problem with the culture? The problem with the villages is that they were all broke. They were all depressed. They were all oppressed. And when, when one lady says, I stood up in the midst of everything, everything can change. So what could happen in your life if you find a little bit of Deborah's courage today, ladies, if you could identify with 
the mother of Israel today, then if we can at times like honor what is going on, her warrior Barak said, will you come with me? Isn't that kind of cool? Like Barak, either he was really scared or he actually wanted to honor Deborah. Maybe it was a little bit of both. But it's really interesting to me that Barak says, you know what, I'll go if you go. I, I have enough faith in you to bring you to the front lines. And the whole country changes. Well, I'm telling you, if we tap into these spiritual gifts, prophetic, words of knowledge, words of wisdom, healing, speaking in foreign languages, speaking in tongues, ecstatic speech. If we begin to tap into these gifts, like there, there, there will be a strengthening and then there will be a quickening and there will be a, a, a release of, of, of heaven on earth. I want you to think about it this way. Um, we talk a lot about the kingdom of heaven in our church. Kingdom of heaven, kingdom of God, what is that? And I think it's something like this. It's, you know, it's a little bit of heaven on earth. It's when, whenever we see a miracle take place, that's, the, that's heaven on earth. That's, that's God's kingdom being expressed. This is, what we, this is what I live for. I don't know about you, but I live for these moments where God breaks through, where we get an encounter. If we don't get an encounter, it doesn't, it doesn't wreck my faith. It's just like, I'm gonna put my hope, I'll get another one. And if I don't, that's still okay because my God is good, and my experience doesn't determine how I feel about him or my theology. But we do live for these experiences. Now, have you ever been frustrated that God was not moving in your life? Oh, I got, a, I got an amen somewhere. Go right up from Gary. Have you ever been frustrated that you pray out to God and you call out to God and he doesn't answer your prayer? You know what I believe that the church needs more than ever? Is that we need the power of God in our churches. Like more than ever, the, the power of God needs to be expressed demonstratively in our, in our churches and in our communities. To quote John Wimber, we need to do the stuff, the fun stuff that's in the Bible, all the miracles. I met with a guy this, this week and he's a, a Christian businessman and he, he, he heads up a Christian CEO roundtables. So if you're interested in that, hit me up. So, you know, we can, I can put you in contact with them. Uh, there might be a chapter opening up in this area. Um, and basically, we were talking shop. He was trying to, you know, promote his ministry, which is fine. It's part of what I do. I listen to other ministries, see if they're a good fit for us and, and, and whatnot. So he gave us, it sounds terrible. So he gave us a really good sales pitch. I like the guy. I think he's a good godly man. And then after the meeting, because there were some other key leaders that were in this meeting that are interested in, in that, you know, uh, Christian uh, business people and supporting one another. Um, after he left, he's like, you know, Pastor Josh, can I really, can I talk to you? I'm like, sure. So we're not done yet? He's like, well, this is, this is, this is, this is a different topic. I'm like, okay. He says, I, I actually, I watched your sermon last week on the charismata, on the spiritual gifts. And he's like, I believe in that. He says, I, that's, that's why I got saved. That, that was knowing that God could heal physical bodies, knowing that we could actually hear God's voice in our heads, knowing that when, when we speak prophetically, things get activated in people. 
So that's why I do what I do. Now, my church doesn't necessarily believe in these things, but this is what, this is what keeps me going. He says, I don't know many churches like yours, and I'm all over the place. He says, if I wasn't so committed, I would come and visit you. But I've been with my church for 20-something years, and, and I love them. They're family. I'm like, I totally get that. You shouldn't do that. And, and this, but did you see that desire, that desire and that hunger for God's power? It's, it's, it's so crucial. I want to encourage you to pray for it. Now, let's get into this area of God not moving in our lives or our prayers not being answered. Or... Um, you know what your spiritual gift is, but it's kind of dull. Maybe your spiritual gift is healing, and you're praying for somebody, and they just, you're just not getting any breakthrough. Why is that? Is it the sovereignty of God? Could be. God does whatever he wants to do whenever he wants to do it. But it also could be that we need to, ready for this? You're not going to like it. We need, to, we need to nurture these gifts and develop these gifts. Develop them. We need to, you've heard this term before if you're in the business world, we need to sharpen our axe. Some of us, we need to sharpen our spiritual tools. Think of it this way. The kingdom of heaven, to me, is a lot like music. I think that's why worship, singing songs, that is, do you feel the impact when we worship? It brings us into heavenly realms. At least it should. There's something special about music, and I think that music, the, the rhythm and the, it has a connection, a spiritual connection. It's the only thing that really moves the soul, I believe. Either that or a nice piece of art, but that usually only moves me. might not move you. Sometimes theology moves people. Reading a big, deep theology book, that would be my wife. Okay, anyway, so the, the kingdom of heaven, I think, is a lot like music. And I think the spiritual gifts are the instruments. So you have been given the spiritual gift of prophecy, right? I think prophecy is like a a cello. It's deep. Like when it's played, you can actually feel it in your body, right? You can feel those vibrations in your body. And it's... It takes you into deep places where maybe the words of knowledge and words of wisdom, they might be like a violin. My, my daughter, uh, you know, she, she plays the violin, and she, uh, she's in Taekwondo. She's a provisional black belt right now. And she just had a violin concert on Wednesday night. And so she's got, think about it this way, she's got the spiritual, she's got the natural gift of music, I don't know where she got that from. She didn't get it from me. So she's got the natural gift of music, and then she's got the natural gift to fight. That's, that's why she's good at Taekwondo. But here's the thing. The only reason why she's provisional black belt and the only reason why she was able to play in the concert is because she has practiced her gift. She, she has not allowed her violin to stay in the corner. Uh, when it is time to go to uh, the studio, she goes to the studio and she works out. It's a consistent rhythm. It's a consistent discipline that she's chosen. The church, we don't like to hear this word discipline. But the reason why sometimes we're dull is because we don't possess the spiritual discipline to sharpen our spiritual tools, our spiritual gifts. Do you see where I'm going with this? 
So let's talk about, today the topic is words of knowledge and words of wisdom. Uh, it's that 1 Corinthians 13 verse. Uh, it's, the, it's what we've been going off of every Sunday. Sorry, uh, 12. To one there is given, this is a 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 8. And we've, re- we've been reading this every Wednesday when we're going over after the, the charismata or the sign gifts of the Spirit. To one there is given through the Spirit the message of wisdom, and to another the message of knowledge, and by the, same, by the means of the same Spirit to another faith. Now today we're just going to be focusing on words of wisdom and words of knowledge. They are the same coin. They're different sides of the same coin. Knowledge is knowledge is a revelation. Knowledge is divine. Knowledge is a it's a it's 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 a revelation of what has happened and what is going on right now. And it's important that we know how and what God is leading us into. When we, when we access, if you have the spiritual gift of knowledge, and some of you do, and again, I want to encourage you to, to strengthen this one. This one's actually pretty difficult. The spiritual gift of knowledge deals with facts and data. It's a revelatory gift. There are, all these gifts are actually dovetailed together. But knowledge and wisdom go, are, again, they're really close together. But they all dovetail into the spiritual gift of prophecy or discernment, discerning of spirits. They all work together. But knowledge is very interesting in that it deals with data. It deals with what specifically is going on in an individual or a situation. For example, um, I'm not necessarily... Uh, I have the spiritual gift of knowledge. I probably should sharpen it a little bit more, but this is what it looks like. So uh, if, I am, if I'm at the grocery store and I'm buying something and I take a moment to actually, in my place of, of being in the marketplace, I take some time to connect with God. Do you do this, by the way? I want to encourage you to do it. Like in your everyday life. Like today's not the only day that you can connect with God. You can connect with God in the grocery store, uh, around the water cooler, uh, driving in your car. I think probably some of my best conversations, guys, happens when I'm in the car and I'm talking with Jesus next to me. Those are like the best. I've actually had to pull my car over a couple of times because I couldn't handle the presence of God in the car. That's a church service for you. Knowledge comes when you hear God's still, small voice saying very specific, detailed things, either about yourself, about a situation, but let's just talk about the individual. Let's talk about the, the, the clerk that, that you're, you know, you're, you're checking out. You're, 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 just, you're, you're buying your food and whatever, and God says something about this person. This person is, is dealing with addiction, or this person has just gone through a divorce. You can even get very specific things. You, you can even get their birth date. You can, get, you can get the most intimate details about an individual through words of knowledge. Now, when I'm, um, I, I love the spiritual gift of healing. 
But you know what helps me get it going at times? Is words of knowledge. Words of knowledge breaks down to certain barriers and it opens up doors of faith. And so this is what happens when I, when I believe that God wants to heal somebody. I will, be, I will listen to what God is doing. And you've seen me do this before. It, the word of knowledge will either come into my head that somebody has an issue with, let's say, somebody has an issue with their leg, right? It's not because, yeah, I'm just using Joe as an example. But because God put that word or that image in my mind and somebody around me or somebody in the audience has a problem with their leg and if I say somebody have a problem with your leg and like oh my gosh that's me you know what that does it says you know what? I am known by God God knows me he cares about me enough to give another person that information so I want to encourage you like at times I, I, you're, you're sensitive to this church I know that you are if I can do it you can do it if you just lean in a little bit and you say, you know what, God, I'm going to sharpen this tool, the spiritual tool that you've given me. I'm going to sharpen it. If I want to, this week, if you think that God is speaking to you in your mind, take a chance, take a risk, and follow the impression. What's the worst thing that could happen? You could be wrong, right? You might look a little silly, right? But what's the best thing that could happen? The best thing that could happen is that you can actually breathe life into the individual and they feel known and loved by God. I mean, one of the biggest problems and hurdles in our, in our walk today, in our Christian walk today in this society is that people don't believe that God is real and they don't believe in his power. And he's calling us to exercise in those areas. Words of knowledge. Now, the other side of the coin. Uh, I don't have a coin on me, but let's just pretend like I have a silver dollar. And one side of the coin, usually, what's, what's on the back side of the coin? I don't know, like a building or something, right? For me, that's knowledge. That's the, that's the gift of knowledge. It's these details. It's the structure. It's the, it's, it's the specifics. But on the other side of the coin, what do you have? You've got somebody's face, right? The wisdom side of the coin is personal. The wisdom side is not just facts and knowledge and information. The wisdom side is mysteries, it's truth, it's specific directions that we need to take. Again, it's closely related to prophetic, but it's a little bit different because wisdom will say, okay, these are the facts. You have your, your prophetic identity. You have you know, what God has called you and spoken to your life. And the wisdom of God says this is how you get to point A, from point A to point B. And so um, if I, if you, if, let's say you take that chance and God's speaking into your mind and you decide that you're not crazy in hearing voices, And you take that risk. You say, you know what, honey, have you gone through a divorce? She's like, yes, how did you know that? I say, well, God, God told me. Step two is word of wisdom. Because you can't just leave her there, can you? You have to give her direction. You have to give her hope. You have to give her a path to God's destiny, to her endpoint, to, to, to the prophetic vision that God's called her into. 
and that is words of wisdom. So what's the wise thing to say? You have to listen. You ready for this? You really have to listen to the Holy Spirit and allow the Holy Spirit to use your mouth. And these divine words will come out. You'll say things that you've never thought that you would say before, and it would look something like this. You know, honey, you are in a new season. And you need to let go of the old and embrace the new. This, this, this too shall pass. And you'll get specific scriptures that will come into your mind. Only scriptures that's going to resonate with that individual and heal that individual. Let's look at a couple of scriptures on wisdom. Oh my goodness. These are my notes from last week. <laughs> okay. Are they there? Yay! Okay. Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 4. This is going to tie into Mother's Day, actually. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 4. Listen, my sons, to a father's instruction. Pay attention and gain understanding or gain knowledge. It's that one side of the coin that we've been talking about. You need to get the facts. I give you sound learning, so don't forsake my teaching. For I, too, was a son to my father, still tender and cherished by my mother. Underline that. Cherished by my mother. So do you see how important this family unit is? You're getting instruction from the father and you're being, what, what are you being by your mother? You're being cherished by your mother. Uh, I think we can all agree with this. Like, dads are very rational. Dads are very to the point, you know, let's just, let's get you to grow up. Let's, you know, make you into a man. Let's make you, you know, you're gonna, you're, I'm, gonna I'm gonna model what it looks like for you. You know, for daughters, you know, like I, I'm trying to model to my daughter what it looks like to, to be a godly man. Like I'm trying to model who I want her to marry someday. So I take my daughter on dates. So guys are like, okay, let's just make sure that we're on the right track and we're doing the right things. It's all about the facts. It's all about the data. But as far as cherishing goes, only a mother can do that. Like I love my daughter. I mean, like I, I just, I do. I'm not saying I don't cherish her. But there's only, there's only a certain connection that a mother will have with her child. And it's that, that cherishing thing. Now, if you, don't have a, if you don't have any kids or if you never plan to have kids, here's the amazing thing about our God. You've heard this before over and over again. Is that, we, that there's, a, there's a loving, heavenly father in heaven that loves you. So some of us just don't have good dads. Some of us don't have that model, and so we can't transfer an earthly model of a heavenly father, um, an earthly model of an earthly father onto a heavenly father. For some of us, that is one of the most difficult things to do, to see God as actually good because our earthly father has actually been bad. Does that, does that make sense? So, but there's healing in that, right? I got, I'm sure there's this room full of testimony where people have discovered the love of, of God the Father. But you know who cherishes us? It's that third member of the Trinity. It's the Holy Spirit. 
where, where God the Father is going to show us how to have this amazing life, the Holy Spirit is going to basically be, oh gosh, this is going to get me in so much trouble. I am not saying God's a woman, okay? Mark, I'm not saying it. But the way that the Holy Spirit is described to us in Scripture as an element that cherishes us, like a mother. Other Scripture says that, that, that God actually acts like a hen, and, and, and hens are girls, and covers up his children with her wings. All right, let's finish with this Scripture. Hopefully this will make sense. Then he taught me, and he said to me, Take hold of my words with all of your heart. Keep my commands, and you will live. So, do, make right decisions. Hmm? So what dads say to their kids. You just make right decisions, you're going to be fine. But this is better. Get wisdom. Get understanding. Don't forget my words or turn away from them. Do not forsake wisdom. You ready for this? Don't forsake wisdom and she will protect you. Love her, and she will watch over you. The beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom. Though it costs you everything that you have, get understanding. You cherish her. Do you see the romantic language that's going on in the area of wisdom? You cherish her, and she will exalt you. You embrace her, and she will honor you. She will give you a garland of grace for your head and present you with a glorious crown. In, in the Hebrew, the Spirit of God, God's Spirit, the word for it is ruach. And I, this is really difficult for us English speakers because we just don't get this. But in Spanish and in German and in French, all nouns and verbs, they have genders attached to them. So like this is der table or der tisch in German, which is the table. And it's masculine. So this table's a boy. This is how, this is how they did things. Where, I don't know, um, you know, die basket in German is, you know, that basket's a girl. And that's just, the way that, that's just the way the language worked. And so the ancient writers, the ancient Hebrew writers, ascribe to the Holy Spirit the feminine gender. Now, of course, the Holy Spirit doesn't have a gender, but this is the connection, this is the intimacy of it all. Knowledge is great. Knowledge is, is amazing. We have to have this, the information. We have to have the facts. But wisdom is supreme, as the Bible tells us. Wisdom is supreme. Therefore, at any cost, get her. Get wisdom. Acquire wisdom. Cherish wisdom, and she will exalt you. Isn't this really cool? I had a seminary professor who was, who was teaching on this and teaching about the intimacy of God and being in the presence of the Holy Spirit. When the intimacy of God comes in, again, we get, the, we get, the, we get words of knowledge. Like when I'm reading scripture to you, like it actually activates a certain part of your brain that says, you know what, this is making rational sense. There is a reason for faith. You guys know that there's a reason for or this faith that we have. It does make logical sense. And he'll get us there. He'll take us there. But you know what's better? It is the divine romance that he's called us into. 
Like when we get into the presence of the Holy Spirit, it, that, is, that is where we get the embrace. My, my seminary professor, he was, he was a, a famous uh, Hispanic preacher in Mexico. And he described it this way. He says, you have to, he says, you can talk to knowledge, but you must kiss wisdom. Right? Isn't that something? You can know stuff about the Bible, but it is only through the presence of God, the presence of the Holy Spirit, where you begin to go into a romantic relationship with it. So kiss wisdom. It's, it's fascinating stuff. Get wisdom at all cost. Now, in the New Testament, uh, the New Testament, when we, go, when we change from Hebrew to Greek, uh, the Holy Spirit gets, we take out the gender. So it's neutral for some reason. We don't know why. Um, but this is what the Bible says about wisdom in the New Testament. This is 1 Corinthians 2, 6 through 10. We do, however, speak a message of wisdom among the Mature, but not the wisdom of this age or the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. No, we declare God's wisdom. Okay, ready for this? This is why I like Janie's prayer today. We declare God's wisdom, a mystery that has been hidden and that God has destined for our glory before time began. That God's got a romantic relationship that he has planned with you before time began. These are what lost people need to know. Like lost people need to know that God fell in love with you before time began. There is an eternal purpose to your spirit. You are meant to be known and you are meant to be loved before the foundations of of the earth. None of the rulers of this age understood it, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. However, it is written, what no eye has seen, nor ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love him. These are the things God revealed to us by his spirit. The spirit teaches, ready for this? The spirit teaches all things, even the deep things of God. All right, let me just put this into context and wrap it up. What is this mystery? Where do you think the mystery is? So we talk about the spirit of God, the Holy Spirit. Did you guys... Did you guys catch that there is this connection between words of wisdom and the Spirit of God? Words of wisdom, this, 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 this spiritual gift of wisdom and the Holy Spirit? Like, it's amazing. It's as if they are one and the same. Here's the thing. When you receive words of wisdom, words of knowledge is God telling you something about somebody to activate their faith, to give them hope, to give them encouragement, to blow their mind. 
But when we receive the word of wisdom for somebody, now that is the Holy Ghost dwelling inside of you that's speaking to that person directly about the path and their future. That's exciting stuff. That's worth signing up for. That's what makes this Christianity thing all worth it because the Holy Ghost is residing inside of you. He wants to love people through you. It's a direct connection. What do you think the mystery is? This divine mystery that the Holy Spirit reveals. Uh, next week we're, we're going to. Next week is Pentecost Sunday, and it's going to be an exciting Sunday. We're going to go after stuff that we've, we've never seen before. The mystery is the gospel message of Jesus Christ. They didn't understand it then. Your, your friends and neighbors that don't believe in Jesus, that don't, haven't quite grasped it, but maybe they've seen the movies, they've even heard the, the jargon, oh, Jesus died on the cross for your sins. Like, they're the people that don't understand it. But that is the mystery that's being revealed. This is the, we get, we, through the Holy Spirit, through the Spirit of God, we carry, divinely carry, the gospel message of Jesus. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Whoever believes will not perish. All eternity rests in him. He is the only way. He is the only truth. He is the only life. It is the fullness of life that we carry. That's the mystery. That mystery is we have been set free by the work that Jesus did on the cross. That's wisdom. That's wisdom in action. The gospel's everything. Never get dull to the work of the cross. Why is people always revered this? They, they get it. They understand that there was a price paid for their soul. And they also get it that they're worth it. You know that you're worth it? You are the most valuable thing in all of creation, and that's why God pay, paid the ultimate price to get you. I think that's exciting. Let me get the band and the ushers come to the front. All right, let's read it. Spirit of Revelation, yeah. Um, the Revelation 19.10. We hit this uh, two weeks ago when we did prophecy, and we need to continue to hit it. At this, I fell at the feet to worship him, but he said to me, don't do it. He's talking about an angel. I'm a fellow servant with you and with your brothers who hold to the testimony of Jesus. A testimony of Jesus. That is the good news of Jesus. You worship God. For the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. He says, and then I saw heaven open up. Isn't that cool? 
The testimony of Jesus is the spirit. It's what, it's what this prophecy thing is all about. Uh, prophecy without the gospel is fortune telling. Words of knowledge without the gospel is just mere intuition. At worst, it could be demonic. <laughs> we need to communicate with our lives that we know and that we understand the price that was paid for us on the cross. That's the testimony of Jesus. Let's pray. God, right now, we just thank you so much for this day. We thank you for beautiful mothers. Mothers like Deborah decided and chose to function in their spiritual gift. The spiritual gift of prophecy, the spiritual gift of leadership, the spiritual gift of discerning of spirits, the spiritual gift of knowledge, the spiritual gift of wisdom, even the spiritual gift of healing. Deborah healed a land by her faithfulness. So God, right now, may we just honor all mothers that have stood up and said, you know what, my village is going down, my home is going down. And they've taken hold of that promise of Joshua that says, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So God, right now, I just pray a special blessing on all mothers. I pray that there would just be a divine breakthrough, a divine glory, a divine wisdom, God. I pray that there will be a connection, a heartfelt connection to the Holy Spirit where there's just this divine romance where they know that they are known by God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. May we understand the good news of the cross.